Hello and welcome to Digital Dialogues, the new podcast series brought to you by City and the Treasury Today Group. I'm Sophie Jackson, Publisher and Head of Strategic Content at the Treasury Today Group. In this, the second episode of our new audio series, we're going to be looking at the issue of emerging business models. Digital Dialogue series is our new content series developed in partnership with City and is an evolution of our Treasury Dialogue series, which saw the leading corporate names coming together with City's experts to discuss the topics of our time. I was lucky enough to continue our exciting Digital Dialogues conversations with two more fantastic individuals for today's podcast. Sarah Kajoshi is Director of Corporate Finance at Zalora, and Sanjeev Jain is Managing Director, Regent Head, Payments and Receivables, Treasury and Trade Solutions, APAC at City. In today's episode, we're going to be looking at emerging business models through the example of e-commerce giant Zalora, and we'll be hearing how consumer trends and the pandemic have impacted these areas. Okay, so now let's turn to my conversation with Saraka, who spoke with me about best practice, innovation, and e-commerce in general. She explains emerging business models as she sees them and speaks about her adaptation to working with Zalora after an impressive career in corporate finance with many senior previous roles. I've been with quite a few different MNCs and obviously in the more traditional business space. Coming to Zalora, and it's been now two and a half years for me over here, has actually been very exciting. Uh, I think the e-commerce space is just so much, it's so evolving, it's it's changing and very, very dynamic, especially given the you know what has happened in the last year and a half with uh, with COVID and with people staying in and online shopping and you know just how it, it's so directly I would say uh, you know customer facing and hence very prone to movement so I think just adapting to that kind of a uh, speed and also the business models uh, changing has been very very exciting for me given also that my role is much broader than treasury it also lets me have a much I would say a broader view into the business per se, right? I mean, I think all of us as as uh, treasury professionals eventually are business partners, and what we want to do is understand the business and how we can manage the business uh, or support the business through our endeavors. And I think just getting to know various aspects of the business, you know, it has been actually very eye opening for me, uh, especially in, in a very dynamic emerging business uh, such as Zalora and, and e commerce. Some of the trends which have emerged, I would say, um, in my personal journey, as well as you know what we've seen happen in the last couple of years, is just the response of the customer to everything that you do, right? I mean, given that there's a lot of testing that happens, there's a lot of changes that get incorporated because of continuous customer feedback. And uh, while that exists in other businesses as well, uh, the, the speed at which it happens in an e-commerce business is amazing, right? So I think just getting to have, know what the pulse of the customer is and how we can really support and, and provide value has been, I think, one of the biggest revelations for me from a business perspective. And obviously, a lot of that translates then into you know your different functions that you manage, whether it's treasury or tax or risk or whatever it is, right? Uh, and then how do you kind of take that and, and then essentially look at how you are managing that aspect of it? When we last spoke, that's before the pandemic, um, but you were already talking about this kind of very fast paced, very dynamic environment that is the business that you're in now. What, what was that like before and what's been accelerating? What's changed for you since January 2020 when we, we began on this journey with the pandemic? 
the dynamic nature of e-commerce has always been there, right? It's, it is a consumer, a directly consumer-facing business, so that doesn't change. What I think has changed uh, dramatically since COVID is also how we innovate in presenting options to the customer. For example, if you think of Zalora as a platform, which is a fashion niche platform, right? One of the things that we were able to pivot, especially during the uh, COVID times last year, was really expand also on our lifestyle range and really offer a lot more than apparel and shoes and accessories to looking at even other essential categories, looking at home and living, looking at, you know, uh, Zmart, uh, you know, so really looking at then being able to expand categories still within the framework of us, you know, wanting to be the, you know, the best uh, fashion and lifestyle destination, but really being able to kind of pivot and use that as kind of a, uh, I would almost say, uh, you know, as a, as a platform to jump ahead on those categories, which we probably wouldn't have done at the pace that we did, uh, you know, before the pandemic. So I think some of those uh, initiatives got accelerated. Uh, something very exciting that we've been doing, uh, we've launched this year is also our Z Life platform, right? Which is basically another way of then establishing our prominence in the fashion lifestyle space in communicating with our customers, right? In terms of, you know, teaming up with influencers, talking about trends, giving information to our customers and not just buying clothes, but also understanding the landscape and what is trending and what is not, right? So I think a lot of innovation has been spurted because of COVID and that's made it even more exciting. So the dynamic nature of the business was there before, but it's also just enhanced because of what has happened and how we've had to kind of go back and think outside the box, uh, you know, even more so than what we used to do before. That's so interesting there. And then what's the knock-on effect of some of those direct-to-consumer initiatives like the one that you just mentioned for you? How does that affect you? And, and how important is it for you to keep abreast of developments like that within the business? Yeah, so I think obviously in terms of capital commitments, in terms of initiatives and acceleration plans, how do you make sure then then you're managing the uh, cash as well as the tax risks? Uh, those would be something that is important when we onboard new categories. Uh, I also manage risk for the organization. So how do we look at, you know, risk appetite, insurance coverage? So it, it does obviously mean that, you know, you have to start looking at also how we are structuring our contracts with these suppliers and sellers. Uh, you know, what are some of the relevant clauses that we need to discuss? So from a support function across the various functions, it does bring about then this added level of complexity, which we need to work on, right? Given that we are expanding a large number of sellers and uh, especially in our growing marketplace model that we run, we also then have very different types of structures. We have three warehouses, you know, in Malaysia and Philippines and Indonesia. How do we come up with a business uh, continuity plan? That's actually one of the meetings I was in just before, you know, how do we have it more strengthened versus what we had before? Uh, how do we then make sure that the inventory is optimized across these locations from a working capital uh, point of view? So I think there are obviously a lot of these um, nuances and complexities which arise because of the direction that the business is taking in, you know, being innovative and out of the box and also driving things much faster. Awesome. That's so interesting. Um, what are some of the things that are top of your mind right now coming out of the, the end of this year? Um, what are you excited about and what's of ongoing concern as well? Yeah, I mean, I think I would say I'm excited about just the continuous growth that we are trying to drive, the innovation that we are trying to drive 
you know, at any point of time, we do have, you know, uh, three or four key initiatives in accelerating our business, looking at different avenues of how we can essentially uh, reach out to the customer in a more optimized and a fulfilled manner. Uh, so I think that continues to drive me in this business. Um, I think what I am uh, really excited about is just also some of the projects that we do have within our functions. Uh, we've uh, recently moved our cash management bank. We're looking at the TMS from a treasury perspective. We're kind of working on a, a tax um, expertise handbook, so to speak, for our company. Uh, so there are quite a few different initiatives just within my teams that you know I'm trying to drive and bring simplicity and processes around, which is quite exciting as well. Awesome. And then I think you've talked a lot about how 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 innovation is at the centre of a lot of what you're doing. And um, one of the things that I found interesting over the past few years is how much more collaborative the environment is. I mean, I know that's a word that a lot of um, financial institutions say, and often I'm rolling my eyes, but I do think that there is a lot of collaboration in the industry, which is really awesome to see amongst other corporates and amongst different partners. Like how much has, has a new level of collaboration featured for you in the role that you've got, if it has? I mean, I think uh, given that there's no way that we can drive innovation without collaboration, I mean, it's, it just goes hand in hand. Uh, we, we have to work with every team uh, to make sure that all the pillars kind of, you know, do their part for any kind of solution to, to come about. Uh, so I think collaboration is obviously very critical within the organization, but not just within, also externally. Uh, so collaborating with our partners, uh, collaborating with influencers, collaborating with you know our, our customers. So I think there is an entire ecosystem which needs to be kind of working together for us to be able to achieve what we endeavor to. And I think one of the things that we've been uh, you know quite good at and I have been doing very continuously is building that relationship with our, you know, whether it's the sellers on the marketplace platform or our brands, we've been essentially building that over the last many years. And hence, we've been able to really leverage that and and, and come up with different solutions and, and ideations, you know, even during difficult times. So I think that collaboration is continuing to be quite productive for us. But even on the, like I said, the ecosystem of, you know, on the marketing side with our suppliers and, 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 and obviously from a finance perspective, you know, with our banking partners and looking at with regulators, uh, especially, for example, we've had feedback sessions with, I would say, IRS in Singapore. We, we continuously have dialogue with other uh, authorities in the various uh, jurisdictions you know, just so that the e-commerce ecosystem then also gets that benefit of understanding how regulations are changing and what is it that we we need as a, as a, as a community along with the other e-commerce partners. So I think that's something that is ongoing. Uh, and, and like you said, you know, it's quite critical for any innovation to happen. Next, I spoke to Sanjeev, who shared his take and the bank's experience of emerging business models. I think I, I try to look at these things from my own as a consumer because there's always a service provider or business on the other side. And we can talk about the corporate side of things as well. Now, as a consumer, as an individual, if you look at how your life has changed over the years, uh, think about you know if you're commuting to work in, in the morning. I mean, we are still lucky in, in Hong Kong right now to be commuting to work. Uh, the whole experience around you know ordering a cab from an app. And if you're not commuting, that same app nowadays is allowing you to order meals, it's allowing you to order groceries, right? So I think that this whole change in terms of how the personal lives have evolved around you, how you're living your day, 
and you can just keep going on in terms of how you borrow money, how you shop, you know, your online shopping experience, you're buying goods, you're buying services like entertainment, right? You're not going to the movie theaters. You are, you know, probably downloading Netflix or watching a show on Amazon Prime, uh, downloading music, you know. So I think the whole experience, how you invest, you know, how you borrow, I mean, even consumer finance options across digital banks and, and even, even on, a, on a shopping uh, e-commerce platform, you know, earlier you would pay, say, for example, by a credit card. And now you're talking about installment payments through buy now, pay later. So, so as a consumer, you know, if you look at how the last few years, the whole experience has changed. I mean, this is nothing but, you know, significant evolution of, of business models uh, from the service providers and a significant amount of disruption as well. From the corporate side as well, our business historically uh, was serving multinational companies across the globe. You know, it's largely, you know, large companies who have large supply chains, you know, both on the supplier side as well as the dealer distributor side. Uh, most of the business was B2B, uh, but that's, that's also rapidly changed, it's evolved, you know, first with the growth of e-commerce and now, you know, with the disruption of of uh, caused by the pandemic, you know, it's further accelerated. You know, Asia is already very big uh, on on e-commerce, but I think the pandemic has really made a big difference in terms of the growth of that, the evolution of further new business models, the kind of way things are getting done. I mean, you look at online shopping, fashion, um, live stream shopping. That's a relatively new concept. I mean, I couldn't have imagined that you know two three years back that that's how you know, consumers would shop by looking at fashion influencers and, and the way they would demo a product and, and, and how to use it, how to wear it. And, and that's how, you know, the end consumer would buy it. So I think there's been a significant shift in the way commerce is getting done, in the way our, we live our personal lives. And and, and that's that's what I'm saying. Every facet of life, you know, we are seeing uh, there is there's a huge amount of evolution of, of business models. Yes, and as you say that, obviously the pandemic's had an enormous impact. Um, Sarika was mentioning the impact on her business. Is there any further innovation you believe that this time is driving, particularly within this space? Yeah, I think some of it started before the pandemic. Uh, so, so in our business, as I said, I talked about the trends around everything being instant, right? So we live in a world of instant gratification, but we saw a big shift from you know our business being largely B2B and hence the the need for real time was not that big. So, for example, you know, if a the large corporate client of ours is making a payment to a vendor, I mean, even if that gets delayed by a day, you know, quite often the person wouldn't know, right? But you know, when you are interacting directly with end consumers on an app, even a delay of few seconds, you know, can can mean lost sales, right? So, the whole business shift has been so dramatic, uh, and and with that, you know, the the way we needed to develop you know, most of our solutions uh, in, into a true high-scale, high-volume, fully digital, API-enabled. I think that's driven a fairly significant invest, fair amount of investments in technology and a very different approach to looking at our business, which was you know, high-value and low-volume into now increasingly high-volume and, and, and low-value. And everything being instant, right? So, so API, for example, for us, the, the usage has has significantly gone through the roof, and that's further, you know, accelerated in the last year or so. All things instant, you know, we we work with governments across the region. Most countries in Asia are offering twenty four by seven banking, which wasn't the case five years back. Uh, so, I think that's that's driven a fairly significant change in the way we we do our business. 
And I think but the most important, I would say, shift has been customer experience. I mean, it's both our corporate institutional clients, but also their end consumers. The expectations have changed. Uh, you know, people expect really frictionless service. Uh, and, you know, it, it's very easy to serve, switch service providers if you're an end consumer. And as our, our, our corporate clients are expecting things which are absolutely real, real time, frictionless, and, and really focusing on their business growth rather than really the, the post-transaction servicing uh, of, of, of a transaction. So a, a lot of changes have happened in the last uh, few years and, and clearly further accelerated in the last 18 months, I would say. Absolutely. And something that I found really interesting within what Saraka was explaining at Zalora was how much consumer trends are driving the evolution of the corporate space as well. Um, so how do you perceive that intersection? No, definitely. Uh, and, you know, again, I would probably take the example of the pandemic to explain, you know, many of our large companies used to sell through a, you know, distribution network where they didn't interact a lot with the end consumer, right? So if you're operating through a large wholesaler, then a retailer, then an end consumer, you know, most of our large clients or large corporate clients wouldn't directly be dealing with the end consumer. But as the pandemic hit in some countries with a few hours notice, lockdowns with a few hours notice, uh, sales dropped to zero, right? And, you know, some of our clients had to launch an online portal, an e-commerce portal uh, in a matter of days. And, uh, and they had no experience in, in doing that. And with that, they needed to build a payment option, right? Or, you know, they had to offer a QR code as a payment option, collect payments instantly, offer a multiple choice on, on payment. So we worked with some of the companies in, in helping set that up. And, you know, as, as the pandemic has progressed, clearly they've seen the benefit of that in terms of sales growth. Many of our companies have seen, you know, once they've set up e-commerce portals, either themselves or, you know, by working with, by working with large e-commerce platforms, they've clearly seen a significant increase in sales. They've got a lot of access to end consumer data. They're getting, you know, a lot deeper insights into consumer behaviors, and that's helping them design or, or modify their products and services. Uh, so, so our clients have really benefited from, you know, that big shift. And then for us also, you know, more and more things going digital re really reduces the cost per transaction of, of servicing our clients, and it helps us scale our business. We've historically invested a lot in technology, but these trends are, are only going in, in our favor in the sense that we are in, in almost 100 countries globally. And, you know, there's no other way for us than, than operating digital. And these, you know, as the business and our clients and their end consumers, you know, adopt more digital technologies, uh, it's a win-win-win for everyone. Awesome. And I, yes, that's why our series is called Digital Dialogues, because, I mean, this is the conversation of our time. Um, and something that I've loved within the example of Zalora and of Sarah Kajoshi herself as a professional is how much innovation and collaboration are really driving best practice in this space. I know this is something that you're very committed to working on, but how much do you see these issues of innovation and collaboration driving the whole space of emerging business models? Well, these are very big themes for us. Uh, historically, if you see banks uh, have developed products and solutions and, you know, we used to develop, you know, new solutions and it would quite often be taken up by the clients because they're new. You're the first one to, to be offering that. And there wasn't a lot of element of research that would, that would necessarily go into launching new products. Now you can't think of, you know, developing any new product or solution without having done a significant amount of validation with, with your clients. We do a fair amount of co-creation. I mean, you know, one of the big themes of our 
innovation capability is is around co-creation we sit down with clients really map out what their pain points are you know what are the kind of things that existing service providers including us are, are not solving for you know how do we develop better solutions so so that's one area of collaboration and, and innovating with our clients we have also over the years partnered a lot with fintech companies so uh, as a large bank you know servicing clients right from small startups to very large fortune 500 companies we realize we, we cannot be building all products and all services in all the markets so we are very very open to partnering with fintech especially when they bring a niche solution or an adjacent capability that enriches our core offering uh, so i think that's been another piece of collaboration and you know we have now many of these fintech players there's a lot of talk always about fintech versus bank i would say it's it's a lot more about partnership we have them as our clients we have them also as our as our partners in in building solutions uh, and even internally we have over the last few years created a culture where you know people irrespective of you know which part of the bank they are in collaborate together you know we have our own version of innovation you could call it whether hackathon or ideation where you know we encourage people to come up with ideas big bold ideas and put them in teams and then help them come up and and, and eventually develop solutions that otherwise in our natural course we may not have ended up developing so it's across multiple dimensions it's a, with our clients with our fintech partners with our own people right so and 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 that's i would say in any organization whether bank financial services or any industry you cannot succeed without collaboration and innovation awesome and there's such great connectivity there with the first episode of our digital dialogue series where we spoke with jason han around the research and work that he's doing on fintechs and nanyang technological university after having himself been in corporate treasury um so i, I love that connection there you made some some interesting points and you mentioned some areas that we didn't explore with Zalora around apis and payments particularly but are there any other final ideas that you'd like to share with us all on this topic of emerging business models yeah i would say that you know one thing we have clearly seen uh, over the last few years the pace of change has accelerated uh, very significantly and uh, if there was any expectation that there will be especially in the payment services that there would be consolidation or there will be reduction in the amount of choice that you have uh, for payment types or any kind of standardization across the countries in fact the reverse has been true there is a lot more choice there's a lot more fragmentation in in, in a sense across markets uh, and it's driven by consumer behavior right and in in some markets consumers prefer to pay by a credit card right in some other markets they prefer to pay through an electronic wallet in other market you know consumers love the financing or the installment option in some other places you know you cannot operate without a qr code offering integrated into the the whole experience of 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 shopping or or buying a product and service so the pace of change is dramatically increasing i haven't even started talking about the new evolution of digital currencies and and crypto the central bank digital currencies so we see that you know this this pace is only going to accelerate uh, that will drive a lot more innovation there will be disruption but like the darwinian theory that the organizations that are most adaptable to change are the ones that are going to succeed in the long term I've been Sophie Jackson, publisher and head of strategic content at the Treasury Today Group. Thank you so much to my special guests today, Sarika and Sanjeev. 
please do subscribe to our audio channel so you can hear the first episode that we mentioned and also listen to all of our other podcasts. Thank you and goodbye.